0: Bocher joins us for this episode of What's Next. Neil is head of security at Dimension Data for the MIA region. Neil, good to chat to you. How are you doing?
1: Fantastic. Thank you, Aki. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, it's great to have you with us. Um, and, I, I'm, you, you're talking and You and I are talking about something I'm very passionate about, and that's security. Um, and, and we're living in some very interesting times when it comes to security. I mean, what, what has changed when you look at the security landscape and the attacker's approach over the last three years? Because pre-COVID, things were very different to when COVID started.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and it's, you know, obviously, this, uh, this space is ever evolving. So things have changed quite dramatically. Um, uh, if, if I can touch on just from a volume perspective, there's been a dramatic in- increase. And from an NTT perspective in particular, we've seen about a 50% increase in malware being observed over that period. Um, so it is much more prevalent. So... Uh, the volumes are increasing, there is over now a billion instances in different malware samples available. So there's massive repositories out there um, that, that some of the big vendors actually retain and, and cross-reference. Uh, what we have seen as well is that there have been very, very specific attacks in terms of uh, against web applications, application-specific attacks. So they are going after the crown jewels um, so it's not just uh, generic attacks and generic malware anymore uh, it is a lot more focused uh, Mail attacks are increasing so obviously a user is a bit of a weak point in terms of uh, a, a point of entry into an environment so phishing attacks are, are, are still there even though everyone's uh, acutely aware of the risk um The other thing that we have seen, and it's quite interesting is, um, you know, even with with vendors becoming more mature, is we've seen the highest number of uh, vulnerabilities being reported in software uh, of about almost 22,000 within the last financial year, uh, which is quite uh, alarming, uh, which means that obviously, from a software perspective, uh, you know, that you are still exposed, uh, unless you take certain actions, so you can't just Mm. rely on on software being secure uh, and then some very specific uh, instances in some uh, a, a sector where we have seen an increase and i think this has also come about uh, you know around ukraine and russia is that there is an increase in attacks on mm. ot and uh, critical infrastructure so you would see in terms of the um targeted industries that manufacturing and and um industries that rely on on infrastructure um, are, are right up there, whereas historically it was really finance uh, and some uh, public sector that, that, that were attacked.
0: Gee, so these guys are becoming uh, very sophisticated, what I'm hearing from you. Um, and I, I imagine things like ransomware is also a big thing. I mean, the, the ransomware that we actually hear about uh, most of the time.
1: Yeah, so ransomware is obviously there's a there's a dramatic increase in in that space Uh, so trojans uh, coupled with uh, ransomware um, and it's becoming a lot more sophisticated I mean it used to just be a case of um, uh, you know embedding it in an environment encrypting uh, obviously information and and calling out for a ransom Uh, but now they're very infrastructure aware Um, Mm. so even if you try and restore a backup that has been um obviously compromised uh, they've got mechanisms to to even encrypt you know some historical data making making sure that that's uh, that's a challenge in terms of that recovery point um and it's and it's impacting organizations uh, meeting those recovery point objectives um as well uh oh. some of the things that they're also doing is that they there are zero day threats being introduced on a day-to-day basis um, they're introducing threats that are, are maybe fileless and more sophisticated in terms of their attack tech, uh, techniques um, so that they do evade the traditional um, you know uh, antivirus techniques yeah. that we have been using historically so we, we need to try, try and stay ahead of that curve
0: wow it's pretty scary Neil I mean how, how has this uh, impacted the organizations strategy and focus on cybersecurity? Are organizations adapting to these new changes that we've been talking about
1: yeah so the the one really positive thing that is uh, we've observed and this is over that uh, probably over that three three year period is really a transition in terms of being an an IT-budgeted and IT-focused area of the business, in Mm. terms of cybersecurity, to be in uh, a board-level conversation. um, It's articulated, the risk is articulated in a lot of board packs. Uh, it's obviously discussed at that level, uh, whereas obviously historically it was, it was just left at the IT guys to resolve. Um, it Also, it's moved into a risk-based identification and risk treatment type of methodology, uh, which actually allows for increased budgets uh, in this space to be spent, uh, based on obviously mitigation of those risks as opposed to just a, uh, providing a portion of IT budget. Right. so that that is a, a great news for us because it does it doesn't mean that it is getting the necessary focus there's also been a dramatic increase in terms of adherence to uh, frameworks and legislation uh what you will see is across about 80 percent of the globe countries within the globe is that there there is very specific legislation of how they treat information and data and and they they have to enforce certain frameworks and standards to protect customer information. Um, they also organizations are moving away from these disparate technologies, uh, best of breed, uh, to really move towards platform architecture, speed up the time mm. to recovery and response, and moving to more sophisticated technologies that Incorporate um, AI, machine learning, um, and and kind of these next gen, this next gen capability, um, mm. as opposed to just relying on the traditional uh, controls.
0: Well, there certainly has been a shift, Neil. When you look at how uh, organisations look at security uh, compared to say five years ago. When you say it's now on board level, it it makes complete sense. When you look at the research that's been done, I was just looking at some research by by international insurance organizations uh, who were saying that uh, you know cyber threats are the biggest threat to business stability today. Uh, And that's over and above things like COVID and over and above things like global warming. If you have a serious cyber attack in your organization, it, it will literally cripple your organization if you don't have the right uh, you know things in place to 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 mitigate against those kind of threats so it makes complete sense yep. what you're saying about board level and and that you know these these boards are now taking cyber very seriously on top of their agendas what threats should be of major concern and and where are organizations most vulnerable where you're seeing it from your point of view
1: well, just to that point, I mean, I just want to mention quickly that, that cybercrime, in terms of the size of business, has actually overtaken, and, and this has also been in the last few years, um, uh, basically the, the drug trade in terms of revenue and profitability. So it's uh, from the traditional bad guys that have actually started moving into this space because it is very lucrative. Uh, having said that, uh, you know, where, where organizations need to focus their energy, um, and, and where they are most vulnerable is, is a couple of obvious ways. So obviously we, we've mentioned obviously ransomware and that's always uh, going to be the case or will be in the foreseeable future. Uh, there's obviously things that hide uh, from a Trojan perspective. But a couple of the things that I want to call out and the one is really the insider threat. Um, so this doesn't necessarily mean people being malicious in terms of the activity. But what we do need to do is, one, understand how people are treating data within the organization and make sure that they understand how data should be treated. So the sensitivity, they should be educated in terms of not transferring sensitive data to their Gmail account because they want to go and work from home. And what we're seeing is that a lot of the breaches, um, as much as about 47%, are actually well-meaning insiders uh, just doing the wrong thing because maybe they have a lack of education or um, the the policy in place is a bit too restrictive in terms of them doing their job so that is one thing that we need to focus quite heavily on is that education another thing that that's a kind of a spin off from that is making sure that uh, we're also focused on configuration and misconfiguration if you look at the vulnerabilities exposed within the cloud-based infrastructure space uh, misconfiguration will account for probably uh, in excess of 90 percent of the breaches uh, within the next few years and if if organizations understand their responsibility in that uh, you know there there is a responsibilities matrix where organizations Mm. have to in terms of how they configure those cloud workloads. It's not up to the hyperscalers and um, service providers to do that. In fact, they say 99% of misconfigurations and vulnerabilities in cloud infrastructure moving forward will be the, on the customer's uh, side and customer's fault. Okay, spot. that's interesting. Uh, yeah, another thing, a couple of other things here is uh, zero-day threats, invasive tech, techniques. Um, so we obviously... You are vulnerable if you know you get a sophisticated attacker coming into your environment, and you have got the traditional antivirus controls. Uh, they will not stop these guys because it's 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 not built to detect that kind of uh, capability. Uh, you do need more of a forensics or a um, a detection uh, capability that looks at behavioural heuristics as opposed to the traditional malware. And then, very importantly, and finally, is uh, looking at uh, you know, phishing and credential theft. Um, you know, this is really prevalent out there still is that mm. uh, people are using, obviously, phishing, as I mentioned earlier, people are clicking on the wrong thing, putting in some information, guys are getting those credentials. And once you have those credentials and you've got access and sometimes mm. admin access is that you do have the keys to the kingdom and you've got, uh, you know, some leverage as an external party to get uh, get quite a lot of uh, sensitive data out
0: Okay, that's, uh, it's it's actually petrifying uh, being in business today and trying to look after uh, the security of any kind of organizations. When you look at companies and they look at this and think, how, how do we actually become prepared? How, how how do companies better prepare for onslaughts? And, and this is happening on a daily basis. What do companies do, Neil?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that we in this industry, which is a little bit unfortunate, but uh, I suppose it's, uh, it's required at some, at some basis, is that there's a lot of scaremongering in this, in this industry and there's also a lot of buzzwords and, and, uh, and sort of new architectures that, that come into play. A lot of them will be applicable and some of them won't be applicable to particular organizations. But what is very important is for organizations, IT departments, CSOs, etc., to understand the organization's goals and where the organization is headed, the strategy, and make sure that there's alignment between that and what the, the security structures are actually doing. You've got to be protecting the right things, you've got to have the right cadence, and you've got to be treating risk uh, accordingly. Uh, quite often, you know, historically, these, these decisions in terms of technology would be made on a whim. Um, you know there the would to to my point just now. There would be uh, some scaremongering. Uh, mm. You know, a vendor might come in and say, Oh yeah, this this massive panic. Uh, you know, you need to put this piece of technology in and can resolve your problems." But if you don't understand the business and the requirement, um, you know, before putting that in, it might not resolve the the issue in its entirety. So what I really like to do is look at what is the, the overarching holistic view uh, from a security perspective um, and, you know, sometimes get involved from a consulting and advisory perspective, uh, you know, get some experts in that can understand that bigger picture and then start making recommendations as, a, as opposed to making them in isolated pockets. Mm. Uh, the other thing that I, I would really emphasize in this space Uh, is just making sure that you have an ability to manage, measure and track your success. So what you do need to do is actually understand what your criteria is, what what you're trying to accomplish and make sure that you've you've got that visibility from a baseline all the way through to remediation. And then uh, obviously improve visibility of the detection response capability, manage and measure Uh, consolidate all of these different controls, make sure that they're integrated, automate certain functions, um, and then obviously decrease your exposure time to these various uh, risks.
0: Okay. So what I'm hearing from you is you need to have a very strategic holistic approach. Uh, to to cyber security um you know you cover all your bases don't don't have that knee-jerk reaction and you often hear about people buying solutions that uh, they should didn't have bought that did, they actually didn't need uh which 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 is quite interesting and um yeah and and that scaremongering is 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 incredible you hear it every day but i guess sometimes you need, do need to scare people to take action by the way what's your favorite Good. buzzword uh in, in the industry at the moment? I mean. I'm loving bad actors. Everyone talks about bad actors, you know, uh, uh, referring to the hackers and the bad guys. Do you have a a favorite one that's overused constantly?
1: So uh, ZTNA is obviously one, so zero trust network access is something that's coming out uh, quite a lot. Um, You know, we're obviously hearing XDR, so um, X has been any type of... uh, uh, um, Detection response, yes. and then uh, there's a couple of yeah, there's there, there's a few others. But we, always no, have, we always have a lot. Of we used to have um, MDM mobile device management, which uh, like a lot of right. people bought into and didn't necessarily implement uh, correctly. Again, one of those knee-jerk reactions because yeah. everyone said they needed it. But uh, to your point, we definitely need to take a very considered approach mm. uh, and develop a holistic security program. that will mitigate uh, this over time. Uh, What what we have seen is that organizations tend to have about 30 different uh, technologies uh, in place. uh, And what they do tend to do is replace these technologies every 18 months or so because it doesn't necessarily meet their criteria. And we have seen some organizations with as many as 70 different pieces of technology and different products in place. Seven-zero? And you can imagine... Yeah, it's, it's very difficult to manage, manage that effectively. Um, it becomes quite cumbersome, and there's obviously some overlap between those technologies and products mm-hmm. as well.
0: Well, let, let's talk about those typical controls being invested uh, versus where organizations should actually invest. Because uh, by the sounds of it, when you say you've got 70 different uh, you know things doing different things it sounds to me that you 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 you're a little bit off target there in terms of your strategy and there's a lot of replication that's happening so where yep. where should organizations invest
1: sure so one one of the places that people have been investing in the past is obviously the endpoint security and firewall management and what we do uh advise customers is to retain and stick to the basics. First, so things like multi-factor authentication, awareness, endpoint security, uh, firewall security—it's it's it's very important to have those in place before mm-hmm. starting to invest in the more sophisticated AI and machine learning types of capabilities. Um, you know, these technologies are there to eliminate that billion instances of what is known out there, um, and they do that really well. Um, and things like multi-factor authentication, while it's a very simple technology, um, it eliminates probably about 70% of instances of credential theft, uh, which is obviously um, you know, one of the primary mechanisms that, uh, and attack vectors that, that threat actors actually use. So some of these very simple controls um, shouldn't be thrown away, uh, you know, they should be incorporated into the, the greater program uh, moving forward. Now, the other aspect to that once that is covered it off, the one thing that organizations really need to focus on is how to identify their security posture as it stands currently. Um, and there's quite a few different mechanisms to do that, but they need to understand and run vulnerability management programs, understand where they are vulnerable, vulnerable what can be exploited within the environment. Um, you know, we also advise organizations to run things like breach attack simulations, which is very practical. It shows how people can enter into environments and how they can actually exploit some of those vulnerabilities. Uh, and then things like uh, configuration management, specifically for cloud-based infrastructure. As I alluded to earlier, uh, you know, that's primarily how people are going to enter into those environments moving mm. forward. So look at those configurations, look at uh, obviously the vulnerabilities, look at uh, possible attack vectors, and just make sure that you've got a very clear, clear understanding as to what your security posture looks like. In, in in terms of uh either way whether it be uh your perimeter your cloud-based infrastructure your endpoints your data and that'll give you a really good baseline to leapfrog off and uh start that journey what once we've done that then we enter into what we call our sort of our protection layer mm. um, one of the things that we do advise customers is actually to start looking at um you know outsourcing some of those components not, not only because we play in that space, but because of the skill shortage. Yes. Uh, you know, it's very difficult to insource all of the capabilities that you will need to manage all of these different technologies um, across your, your whole estate and all the different domains. So, you know, you can rely on different uh, experts within particular spaces to make sure that these things are configured and managed accordingly. And then I think last but not least, and this is probably the most important space um, at the moment, is that detection and response uh, capability in space, which I think a couple of my colleagues will go into a little bit more detail. But it's very important to have a mechanism where you can capture all of the different information from all of these different controls, have a consolidated view, but also from a, uh, a threat landscape perspective. So if something does get past your, your, your protection capability, you've got the ability to, to detect that um, that particular threat and what's happening in your environment, investigate accordingly, and then obviously provide the correct uh, reaction. And, and the, that capability is uh, there's a managed detection response capability, which incorporates a security incident and event management platform a threat intelligence capability, so you get threat intelligence from a global perspective, and then very importantly, it's uh, you need to have somebody that provides the contextual information back to the business. So, in that particular instance, you've got this dashboard with all of this technical data, and it gives you spits out all of these different incidents and and tells you what's happening in your environment, but it's all you know it's for a very technical audience. You need somebody to take that information and say. Mr. Customer or organisation, you need. This is what this actually means. You have mm. these particular risks. This is what you need to do to remediate it. So, we place a lot of emphasis in terms of that sort of advisory and consulting layer, and that interpretation between the technical uh, security controls and the, the sort of the business objectives.
0: Okay. I mean, some some great advice that you give there, and uh, it's incredible when you say something like multi-factor authentication, which is like such a basic, it eliminates such a large percentage of these kind of threats. Uh, It's quite astonishing when you look at organizations and how many organizations do not... Have multi-factor authentication in place, and that for me is is quite frightening. Now, is there, are there any other uh, bits of advice, Neil, that you can give on improving the efficacy and the efficiency of uh, the organization's cybersecurity program?
1: Yeah, so this is a big one. I mean, because of the fact that obviously there's a there's a variety of disparate uh, technologies out there. Um, at the moment, there's about 3,000 in excess of 3,000 security vendors um, and they're all obviously trying to punt their, their particular solutions. It's very important to have a platform-based approach. So all of these different technologies should be talking to one another, sharing threat intelligence between one another. And uh, the other investment that uh, we encourage organizations to make, either do it as a platform and buy into a platform or outsource it and, and consume it as a service. But what you can actually do these days, if there are playbooks uh, between different technologies, say for instance as something goes through a security incident and event management process, you can automatically log tickets, you can auto remediate certain things, Um, so that is called security orchestration automation response. So we do encourage organizations to look at leveraging that for level one and level two tasks. So that won't cover obviously the sophisticated analysis in terms of uh, different attack techniques, but it's going to eliminate a lot of the noise and take care, care of a lot of the um, malware, uh, malicious activity, misconfigurations, etc. Uh, that do happen within organizations. And because of the, vo- the volume, it needs to be managed from a security perspective if you can get rid of half of it uh by using uh tooling like that um it allows you to actually sit and, and put your key resources on what they're supposed to do and that's looking after the sophisticated te- tax the stuff that is high risk to the organization so we do recommend you know investing in technology uh, that, that, that allows for that sharing of the threat intelligence allows for the logging of tickets allows for the water remediation where applicable
0: okay interesting stuff and uh, neil is there when you look at this industry that you're in and and i mean it's 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 it must be very stressful and uh and you, you you're exposed to so many different threats every single day when you look at organizations i mean what 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 keeps you uh, awake at night as head of security at dimension data for this particular region uh, when you look at security here uh, is there something that keeps you awake at night uh that the, the most scary scenario perhaps it could go horribly wrong i mean we just saw what happened the other day to google is a, a you know this this attack that they had imposed on them and this is such a, a massive organization that spends millions and millions on security it's extraordinary it could happen to anyone
1: yeah i think so first of all it's not all doom and gloom i think the uh the industry is a very exciting one because it is so dynamic and it is changing all of the time. I, I would encourage anybody that that is looking at at something that is challenging, and uh, if you want to, you want to constantly learn. This is the space to do it. Uh, but in terms of what keeps me up, um, obviously within the customers that we manage and our own infrastructure, is yeah uh, you know, where that next uh, big breach is uh, is going to come from. Um, as you mentioned, there's obviously been a lot of Local breaches that have been pretty public. There have been uh, you know, huge global breaches in terms of customer data being uh, exfiltrated, uh, and, and we obviously hold the on making sure that that does not happen to to somebody that we manage, and one of our customers. So yeah, we we we're very diligent in terms of our focus, um, you know, in that space, and that's why we've evolved our offerings to make sure that. You know, that managed detection response capability is far more efficient, uh, it's far more accurate, um, and it's obviously delivering the value that, that that people need so that we can hopefully get a little bit better sleep uh, moving forward.
0: Fascinating insights. Neil Bocci, who is the head of security at Dimension Data for the MIA region, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of What's Next.
1: Thank you so much, Aki.